With Putin threatening to use nuclear weapons, the Palestinians and Jews discussing peace options with each other, and world government advancing like we haven't seen it in years, it's imperative for Christians to eliminate distractions and be more devoted to Jesus than ever before. What does end-time Christianity look like? How can end-time Bible studies and Jerusalem Prophecy College help you grow in discipleship no matter where you are in your walk with the Lord? Today, Doug and I have a special guest that is an expert on spiritual development. Don't go anywhere. You don't want to miss today's show. Welcome to Into the Age. I'm Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell. We're taking your calls today. The number to join us is 877-IN-TIME. That's 877-363-8463. Doug, we're very excited to have Scott Sistrunk here with us. We'll, he'll be joining us after uh, the break here in a few minutes. But uh, first, we wanted to give some pretty crazy updates what's uh, what's going on around the world right now because Putin made a pretty bold declaration today, and we couldn't just get by that. Right. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, with everything we've talked about this week, we, we've done two different programs where we talked about the peace, uh, agreement push that they're trying to get between the Palestinians and the Israelis, where they're going to, uh, the UN and to the United States and presenting this, uh, two-state solution. Uh, very interesting situation going on there. And at the same time, we've got, like we talked about, this prophecy of a six trumpet war that is looming on the horizon as well. And so with Putin making statements like he made um, this week, it makes you go, okay, which one of these are going to happen first? It looks like they're neck and neck right now. So very interesting story that we have right here. Let's take a look at it. Um, It's from DEFCON News, and it's Vladimir Putin threatens to use nuclear weapons if NATO continues takeover of Ukraine. And in it, Putin says... I want to stress it one more time. I've been saying it, but I'd very much want you to finally hear me and to deliver it to your audience in print, TV, and online. Do you understand it or not that if Ukraine joins NATO and attempts to bring Crimea back by military means, the European countries will be automatically pulled into a war conflict with Russia? Of course, the potential of NATO and Russia are incomparable. We understand it. Um, and he goes on to say, where's the, um, oh, you won't even have time to blink your eye when you execute Article 5. Pretty crazy yeah. uh, proclamation there um, with the nuclear bomb. Yeah, and so we've been watching a troop buildup on the, the border of the Ukraine for a long time. Remember, I said the other day that, that Putin has said over and over, this is basically just to protect Russia. And so because of the fact that they're protecting Russia right now. He's got 135,000 uh, troops there in that area. And they are also bringing in, I saw in a video today, he's also bringing in anti-aircraft uh, vehicles along that border as well. And remember, Vince, uh, just uh, about a week ago, we talked about 
um, a document that was leaked in 2017 that explained that when George W. H. George H. W. Bush was in power, that at that time when they were talking with Gorbachev, they promised Gorbachev that if the Berlin Wall was down, there would be no advancement of NATO to the east. And uh, it was even said by our um, Secretary uh, General at the time, uh, James Baker, he said uh, that we wouldn't even go one inch to the east. And so they've made that promise, but since Vladimir Putin's been in office, he's seen NATO advance more and more. And now with this, that's why he's got this war mode going there, Vince, and why he's talking about the fact that if he had to go to war with NATO, he understands how many nations would be involved there. Russia would be outnumbered, and he has talked about being the one of the leading forces with a nuclear weapon. So he's already talking about nuclear weapons. Well, we know from Revelation chapter 9 that when that war happens, it's going to kill one-third of mankind. And the scripture there tells us that a third of mankind is killed by the fire, the smoke, and the brimstone. It also says that the fire comes out of the mouth of the horses of that army. And so we we understand that that war could go nuclear very fast, and that is where we could get that, that big of a number of mankind killed there because it goes nuclear. So with Putin putting out information like that and saying things like uh, he could change the world in a blink of an eye before America would have a chance to respond, they would respond, Russia would respond with nuclear weapons. And that's not to say that, I mean, how many places do they have dirty bombs? You know, at at one time, a few years ago, they talked about dirty bombs, uh, which are in like little briefcases that they could set off. Now, a dirty bomb couldn't do the same impact as a nuclear warhead crashing in somewhere, but it could do damage in cities if there's already cells of Russian uh, spies in places that could blow these dirty bombs up because America's tried to track those dirty bombs and haven't ever been able to do it. So it's a, it's a scenario that we're going to keep an eye on. We're going to watch because at the same time those war drums are sounding. China's talking about invading Taiwan. Um, Israel has made several attacks this week on uh, Iranian um, military post in Syria. Russia has vowed to protect Syria. So we've got a lot of interesting things going on in the world. So today's topic, being able to talk with Pastor Sistrunk, it, it it's going to be something that I think everybody's going to be wanting to hear because they're going to want to know what I need to be doing during this end time when these things are happening. I'm excited about the part that everyone doesn't want to hear. When he lays it down on them, <laughs> when we ask him, do, do you need to, if you got, well, I won't go there. I was about yeah, to go. don't go there. <laughs> he says what you need to hear. Right. It's not always what you want to hear, so I'm excited right. about that. Um, is, if this war were to start, is it World War III? Is it Armageddon? A lot of people get those two confused. Right. We've always taught there's two separate wars. Yeah, they're definitely two separate wars. We know that the Sixth Trumpet War will happen sometime before the Great Tribulation starts. So within that first three and a half years of that final seven-year period, uh, we really believe that this war will happen before the peace treaty could be signed because this could be something that would usher in that peace treaty. Armageddon will happen at the end of the final seven years at the return of Jesus Christ. So these are two separate wars. All right. All right. So we've got that going on. We've got... Uh, the the confederation being talked about mm-hmm. between the Jews and Palestinians. Right. Um, what else is going on that's hot in the news? Uh, the other thing that's going on is we have sent, America has sent several troops over uh, to 
bordering countries, not in the Ukraine, but bordering nations around the Ukraine to beef up uh, the military presence there of the United States. So we're seeing our military getting very much involved in this, along with other um, European countries that are part of NATO. And Emmanuel Macron, who is the acting EU president right now, he has sat down with Putin uh, and with the prime minister of the Ukraine and done peace negotiations. So that's another interesting thing that's going on right now. We've got a guy that we kind of keep our eye on that says some pretty incredible things. He's the president of France, and right now he's the acting president of the EU. So there's a lot of things that are going on right now. So it's time for Christians to start acting like Christians, stop playing on the fence and pick the side and go get it. Uh, We're going to get more into details about what end-time Christianity looks like and how you can grow in discipleship after the break. We have a very special guest with us. You don't want to miss it. Uh, Give us a call. The number to join us is 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. Major internet companies are silencing and censoring Christian voices online. These companies are trying to control what you see and hear. Almost 200 videos of ours have been marked as restricted online right now. That's why we launched End of the Age Plus, a platform where the truth won't be censored, a platform where we can preach the message of the gospel. When you subscribe to End of the Age Plus today for just $12.99 a month, you can watch all of our content in a secure, easy-to-view way from your favorite device. When you go to watch.endtime.com and subscribe, you'll get instant access to all of our teaching resources, including Revelation, the Unveiling of Jesus Christ, Understanding the End Time, End Time Magazine, and so much more. We will not censor our message to comply with what the world deems as politically correct. Go to watch.endtime.com right now or search Into the Age Plus in the App Store or Google Play. Welcome back to Into the Age. I'm Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell and Scott Sistrunk. We're so excited that you have joined us. We are going to take your calls. The number to call us is 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. Today we're talking about end-time Christianity and what that actually looks like. And uh, we do talk about that almost every day, but uh, today we're probably going to dive into that a little bit more than we normally do because 
um, of our guests. Now, Scott Sistrunk, he and his wife ministered in uh, the Detroit metro area for almost 30 years. They also served in South Africa as missionaries for almost a year. They planted churches in the Detroit area for over 20 years. For the last five years, Scott has uh, worked as the director of North American Missions for the United Pentecostal Church International. And on top of all that, probably the most important part, he's married to the oldest daughter of Irvin and Judy Baxter. (laughs) It's actually Judy's birthday coming up, and so he's in town uh, for the birthday party. And we thought this would be a great time to introduce Scott to everybody out there if he's never been on the show before. So uh, welcome, my uncle. So uh, it's going to be difficult calling him Scott while we're here instead of Uncle Scott, but just part of it. You guys, he's not your uncle, so I'll try to refrain. Welcome. <laughs> well, it's great to be here. Um, so you've been around Urban and Judy for a very long time. What was it like marrying into the Baxter family? Yeah, well, my pastor knew uh, Dad, Irvin, uh, because they were ministerial associates and and he told me, he said, well, Scott, he said, not everybody could live in uh, Irvin Baxter's shadow, but I think you'll do fine. And so it's, I tell people I've been Scott Baxter all my life. But, uh, <laughs> I've been anyway, Vince Baxter, by the way. Hey, but it's been great. I, I love my father-in-law. We never had a crossword, really. And I, I really do miss him. Yeah. And uh, I miss being able to talk to him about the Bible, which he always wanted to talk to you about the Bible. You know, every time we were together, he lived and breathed prophecy. It wasn't just uh, something he did. Yeah, I would say, hey, did you see my youngest son started walking today? He'd be like, that reminds me of how the Antichrist is going to walk into the Temple (laughs) Mount one day. I'm like, hey! (laughs) He was always Uh, ready to talk about prophecy. Always ready. They used to joke, you know, he had just come out with a message for the president in 1986, and Carla and I got married in 1987. Oh. And so uh, they they threatened to make me lay my hand on that and pledge to believe all of it, you know. And so because <laughs> I was I was raised with a different prophetic teaching than uh, than Irvin. Are you and wanting so, to get in on the rapture today, or are we staying away from yeah, that? Let's stay away from that. <laughs> Good idea. Uh, uh, Dad and I stayed away from it for years. So. I can only imagine what your conversations would have been like sitting there at the dining room table talking early in the morning and just, you know, having coffee and just talking back and forth with Pastor Baxter. It must have been some pretty good times. Oh, I miss it so bad. It (laughs) was wonderful. Yeah. Well, that actually kind of aligns with what I was going to ask about because, you know, you've seen them in very private settings more than most people being a son-in-law, but also very public settings. So, you had a lot of opportunities to describe them when they weren't around to other people. I'm sure people wanted to know what, because he was on television and all that, what's he really like? And it's like, well, those of us that know him, he's like that all the time. But mm-hmm. how would you describe them to others when those opportunities would come? Yeah. Two of the most genuine people you'll ever meet in your life, uh, just genuine Christians. Most people don't realize, maybe they do, uh, his ministry as a, you know, as the media would call him a televangelist or being a television personality, that was a small part of what he actually did most of his life. Mm-hmm. He was an evangelist and a pastor. Yeah. And uh, he he came into full-time, uh, end-time ministry probably, when did he go 
full time five two thousand two thousand six. Mm -hmm. Well, you know he had had forty years of solid vocational pastoral ministry before that. So as and that's you know I've been in the ministry since I was nineteen and starting churches, planting churches. So a lot of our conversation was him giving me advice on how to be a pastor. So mm -hmm. we did talk about prophecy a lot because you can't help it, but. He was such a wealth of knowledge uh, just to help me as a young man trying to figure out how to be a minister and handle things. Uh, I, I miss him so bad today because I don't have that. My dad was a printer and was a wonderful man, but he, he, he wasn't a minister. He wasn't a pastor. So uh, Brother Baxter was such a mentor to me in, in that Carl and I could call he and mom anytime and talk about anything and just man uh, what a loss yeah. we're mm -hmm. feeling uh, yeah. but what a gain for heaven what a yeah. gain for heaven right absolutely yeah. you mentioned um the launch of his book and you have to potentially swear that you would believe everything <laughs> what was that time like because you know he was a regular guy of course throughout all of this but before that the the people who knew about what he preached was a much smaller scale than when he published that book and then launched End Time Ministry. So what was that time like navigating all that? Of course, you're a newlywed, so yeah, yeah. your your memories might be a little foggy of that, but what's your take on how well, that thanks, was? Thanks, yes, I appreciate it. <laughs> well, you know, you were caught up in your new life. Yeah, well, you know, in the beginning, he was a voice in the wilderness, right? Because he's writing, the Berlin Wall is going to fall. But it hasn't fallen yet, yeah, right? Yeah. So all of his theories, his his thoughts about prophecy, he's writing this early on, and so uh, the the whole world, you know, most of uh, the ministers that he was around and and hit in the United Pentecostal Church uh, had that's the first time they've heard these things because mm -hmm. his material is original. He didn't get this out of a book somewhere. <laughs> right, you know? right. I mean, it, this all comes from Irvin Baxter and his walk with God and his study of the scripture. Mm -hmm. And so prior to the Berlin Wall fall in what, 1989, uh, it, he's a voice in the wilderness. But when that event happened, it was electric. You know, and you've heard him tell the story, but mm -hmm. we, we, we did watch it. And all of a sudden, man, uh, Irving Baxter goes from being this guy who's got some wild end time theories that nobody's ever heard of to this guy just predicted exactly what's happening in the world right now. Mm -hmm. And and you you guys were you were not around, Vince. I'm not sure how. Oh, no, like yeah. a year or two older than yeah, me. Yeah, yeah okay. Right. So, yeah. But, man, uh, <laughs> the fall of communism, the fall of Berlin Wall, man, it was just, you, you woke up every morning, had no idea what the headline of the paper was going to be. Yeah. You know, of course, this was before the days of Internet news, and so you had to wait to actually get the paper, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, you, I mean, it was just electric, and everybody was ringing, uh, uh, Dad, you know, what's happening next? What's, you know? You got this right now. What's happening? Mm -hmm. And so that in 1991, he had so many calls. It was like End Time Magazine just was organic. He had to produce something because he was answering individuals all the time, you know. Mm -hmm. And 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 so he launched the magazine uh, just on faith as well, you know. Um, and 
And it we just... talk about that a lot about how he saw that in the Word of God. He saw it, you know, he, he knew from Revelation 13 when he saw that one of the heads of the beast uh, had been killed and mm-hmm. come back to life and the whole world wondered after the beast. So he saw that, uh, that it, it appeared to be dead, but it was going to come back to life. And he understood that that leopard was Germany. That's where those four heads are. And that's what we, we just talked about that the other day on the program because we were trying to help people understand that that's what the prophecy is all about. When you understand the prophecy and like Pastor Baxter had that word from God that was leading him to that and helping him understand. And I didn't know him then when that happened. I was, I was very much in the know then. I was a young man that was just recently uh, married. And I remember watching on World News that night as they were banging the hammers on it, just tearing it apart. People were dancing yeah, on top yeah. of it. And now I didn't know anything about Irvin Baxter at that time. But when I began to hear the radio program and heard him talking, that's what got my attention is, wait a second, this guy, he understands this stuff. And it got me on fire and got me to start following him every day on the radio. And so, you know, I mean, that's why I sat here today and why I'm here. I have no idea why the Lord put me here, but for whatever reason, Brother Baxter caught my attention like that. And like you said, it was electric. It yeah. was a time of I remember. You know, he had said this was going to create a new world order, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not sure he used the term new world order. He did. Yeah, he book. did. Yeah. Yes, sir. So we're at the YMCA in Richmond, okay? <laughs> and George H. What are you guys doing there? Playing we were rac- playing racquetball. Yeah. By the way, I had a racket. He had his bare hands and he beat me. Okay, <laughs> so, I mean, my father-in-law, wow. I, I never could live up to it on any level, you know. And so... Uh, we are done, and, and George H. W. Bush is on a television there in the YMCA, and we're sitting there looking, and, and my father's jaw dropped because George H. W. Bush said, I don't want a pox Americanus. I want a pox universalis. Okay. And he's like watching his book. I was standing there. <laughs> Wow, at that moment when yeah. he heard George, the President of the United States say, we want a peace that is universal, yeah. that's imposed by wow. not America, but a world order. Yeah. Well, wow, man. Yeah, I, that's I an still, experience. I, I can hear him say, me too. say, what? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> what? I mean, he had his jaw. I mean, it was, it was something. Yeah. Uh, wow, I've never heard that story before. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I didn't know that at all. It's really, really cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're going to get into um, end-time Christianity and what it looks like to be a Christian in these end times here in a little bit. Uh, you can call in and ask a question live, um, and so we're kind of going to see what happens. We've never done done it from this perspective before, but uh, if you have a question about guidance that you might need, uh, we'll do our best to help you out. The number to join us is 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. Before we get into that, um, you know, growing spiritually in discipleship. Uh, let's get to know you a little bit more. We've got a few random questions, and uh, we'll see what happens. But um, what's the book you've given most as a gift, and why? Well, probably the Bible, actually, yeah. uh, uh, because I, it's the it's the cornerstone. Um, the book I've recommended the most probably is Principle-Centered Leadership by Stephen Covey. Uh, it, it, it's a pretty comprehensive book on uh, developing true north principles, which it, it's guided my life for a very long time. Well, that's kind of your thing, too, is you talk a lot about integrity and mm-hmm. 
you know, we've had a lot of conversations like holidays and all that, and it's not like you shy away from. And even I've been in some discipleship classes with you, and you really hammer away on integrity. And, Absolutely. You know, it, whether you're a minister or not, when you proclaim, you go down in baptism in Jesus' name, and you come out of that. You're now married to this, Absolutely. and your life should reflect that. Absolutely. And so, um, talk a little bit about integrity, I guess. Yeah, well, um, integrity, of course, wholeness. And uh, I believe that um, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you are born again. As you said, baptized in the name of Jesus, born of the water and of the Spirit, born again. Uh, we know that for by grace are you saved through faith. And so the grace of God leads us to salvation. And so we, we have a choice in that, uh, I believe. Now, some people don't, but I believe <laughs> we have free will. And so when you uh, have faith, faith is not just mental assent. It's not just saying, I believe. If I believe, which I do, in gravity, it means I don't jump off tall buildings. Right. Okay. So when I say I believe something, it affects mm -hmm. what I do. So when you say you believe the word of God, it means you obey the word of God. And that's what happens. Faith then cometh by hearing, hearing by the word. Okay. And so how can they hear without a preacher? So when you've heard the word preached and you respond to it and obey the gospel, the death, the burial, the resurrection, that's the foundation of your life. It's not just that you obey and are baptized. You obey and uh, repent. You obey and receive the Holy Spirit. But you you take a, on a commitment to obey the whole counsel of God. The just shall live by faith. To me, that means the just shall live by continually being in obedience to the Word of God. Mm -hmm. Now, we all know we're not perfect. None of us sitting here are obeying everything that we know to do, but we're committed to it, right? I mean, the things that we're not in compliance on, we're repenting, we're saying, God, I'll get it next week, I'll do better, mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're believing. And so, uh, to me, that's what integrity is. Okay, is it uh, Stephen Covey talks about find those true north principles, like a compass. So you may get off course, but your compass points you back right. to true north. Mm -hmm. For Christians... Our compass is the Word of God. Yeah. It's the Bible. And so that's what it means really to be a disciple of Jesus Christ is that we obey His commandments. We continue in His commandments. Well, with that in mind, I mean, obviously, you know, we want to pursue that, but we fail. So how has failure or at least apparent failure set you up for later success? Yeah. Well, I think our failures served show us how dependent we are upon the Lord and how imperfect we are because there's always the the balance right between works and faith works and grace okay so I can't work and live holy enough to please God okay that's not what make gets me to heaven that's not what pleases God what pleases God is my faith that I continue to believe, all right? And so I demonstrate that I believe God by saying, God, I'm so sorry. I repent. I'm resolved to fix this and Lord help me. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Well, we'll be getting to your calls and some additional uh, end-time Christianity principles after this break. Uh, Join us at 877-363-8463. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, The Unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. that you have joined us. Give us a call. The number to join us is 877-363-8463. We're talking about end-time Christianity and how we can grow as disciples during these end times. And, um, you know, Scott has um, been a church planner for decades, and he's been in pastoral ministry for longer than that. And uh, he is currently the director of North American Missions for the United Pentecostal Church International. So not to discredit all the things that you've done in your life, but that's a lot to say that you've worked with people all over the place. Every type of person you've had the pleasure of working with and and uh, guiding them in their discipleship journey. So that's why I've called you an expert. Mm-hmm. Uh, you didn't ask me to say that, but that's my own opinion, and I believe it's true, and a lot of other people do as well. So we're excited to have you. Um, again, you are married to Irvin and Judy Baxter's oldest daughter, Carla, and so that's why you're here today as far as in Dallas, and we thought we'd better have you on while you are, and so we can talk about some of these principles that people need to tap into when we say we're Christians, and yet sometimes we don't behave that way. So maybe yeah. we can grow a little today. Uh, well, ago you were talking about failures and how you you've grown from failures and what you do when you stumble. A lot of times I get uh, conversations because I take most of the ministry calls and the emails, and I'll talk to somebody who's going through a really uh, hard, difficult time, especially right now with the COVID going on and people are sick with different things. Uh, and some people they begin to lose hope and they ask questions like, "Why is this happening to me? I'm trying to follow God and." 
what would you say as a word of encouragement to somebody that's struggling with a hardship right now, whether it be financial or, or an illness or whatever they're going through and they're questioning God? What would you tell somebody that's trying to walk in faith, but they're asking those kind of questions? You know, one thing that COVID has done to us is it's interrupted our gathering together, right? And your faith is meant to be lived out in community. Mm-hmm. We have to gather physically. Mm-hmm. Uh, online church is not sufficient. And that's because Jesus established the church. And the word ecclesia, which is translated church, means to assemble and to gather. And so a lot of people are finding themselves not gathering and and there are times you can't. I'm not saying that uh, there are not times that you can't. I'm not saying online church is not good. And, and in a lot of cases, better than nothing. Mm-hmm. But I really don't know how to tell a person to live for God without being a part of a local assembly. I, I don't believe it's a biblical concept. And obviously, if you know, you're stranded on a desert island somewhere and you can't, and get to church. God's grace is sufficient if you're incapacitated health-wise or whatever, and you can't. Uh, but it, as much as you can, you need to make sure you're in a community. And and so there's a lot of encouragement that comes from that. And, and a lot of the problems we're seeing now is because of isolation. Uh, and so it, you, it's hard to be a disciple of Jesus. I will tell you this, it's impossible to be a disciple of Jesus if you willfully refuse to assemble and gather and be part of a local community. Uh, This was one of Dad's favorite scriptures. You know, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together Mm -hmm. as the manner of some is, even the more so as you see the day approaching. He went to church on his honeymoon. Oh, yes, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, when I got in the family, we had church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, youth service on Friday night. I mean, when he pastored, that was his church schedule, right? And And I thought I was going to hell because I couldn't make it on Fridays. Yeah, yeah, my dad's house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so uh, I think a lot of that, Doug, can be uh, you need the encouragement. Of other yeah. it, it's hard to pick you up. We say pick yourself up by your bootstraps, and and you should you should read your Bible, you should pray. Yeah. But there are people out there listening saying, "I've done all that." Yeah. Okay. How about get connected to your local church or reconnect to your local church? You need a pastor. You need other saints to help you. Right. Very we, good. we do that a lot here. You know, that's, that's, we don't have a gathering. We're not a church. Yeah. But we communicate with Christians and people who aren't Christians around the world. And when we connect with them and they see some of the lessons that we teach, they go, I, I need to be connected in the local yes. area. Mm-hmm. They call us or email us. You can go to endtime.com slash contact, fill out the form there, say you want to talk to a minister. And uh, we'll be happy to connect you with a church in your local area. If you think you need to be baptized or you're not sure about that, we'd love to talk with you about that and get you connected to a church locally where you can get baptized and plugged in. Uh, we firmly believe that that is something everyone should be doing. And so that's one of the things that we do. And in fact, uh, that's one of the things we want to talk about today is end-time Bible studies and how they help with discipleship. So you've seen this over decades, but there's one yeah. specific instance Um 
you launched a church in Plymouth, mm-hmm. and End Time, I don't know the detail. You can give all that, I guess, but um, I know End Time was, was intricate in helping with that Bible study that we did there. Yeah. Can you share about that a bit? Yeah, you know, a lot of people who uh, are seeing things in the world today, right, and, and they try to make sense of it, they come across End Time ministries, and all of a sudden it's making sense, and there's a great comfort in mm-hmm. Oh, these people know what's going to happen. They know why what's happening now is happening and make sense out of it. So a lot of times these are people who are not Christians, you know, or they're disconnected Christians away from a local church. And so uh, one of my passions, because I do believe in the local church, I believe every community should have a, as Dad would say, a Bible uh teaching church, a, a, a uh, church that bases its teaching on the scripture, not on church tradition, but on what the a Bible-believing church. And so uh, my life's mission is to make sure every community, uh, and that's what I do now every day. I, I work at our world headquarters. We plant between 175, 200 new churches every year because I believe every community deserves a church. And so uh, so we started teaching an end-time Bible study in the city of Plymouth, for those that are were interested. And uh, so we began to teach. We run the videos. Every, first of all, Dad came and did an end-time conference. We advertised mm-hmm. on the radio, and so those that were interested came. And so we began to meet a group of people that were not connected to a Bible-believing church. And so... Uh, we told them we are starting one. And so we had several of those families that came to our Bible study say, we want to be a part of this church as well, not just the Bible study. And so that's how the church in uh, the Rock Church of Plymouth, that's how we got started. And so that's how churches started in the book of Acts is they gathered few believers and then they started operating together in community and and Jesus uses the word ecclesia or church twice in the New Testament of course Matthew 16 upon this rock I'll build my church mm-hmm. and then in Matthew 18 where he says uh, if you have ought against your brother go to him if if he won't listen to you take somebody else and then if he won't listen to you you all take it to the church and then he says for where two or three are gathered in my name there I am in the midst of them. And Amen. so when we purposely gather, as we did in Plymouth, in His name or under authority uh, of His church, uh, which we were, uh, then God shows up in a special way. Yeah. And so that's how we started uh, in in the city of Plymouth. So everybody that came to that probably um, were believers of some sort. It's not like everyone was just never heard of the Bible, and they just showed up mm-hmm. one day. Mm-hmm. These are people all over, I guess, the scale and how they know what the Bible says and yeah. their relationship with the Lord and all that. So how have you seen where the end-time Bible studies, specifically that um, that one, how has it helped people grow regardless of the fact that they may be going to church for 30 years or so? Yeah. Well, uh, I've dealt with people interested in time from all perspectives. I remember teaching one guy Bible study, uh, and we were going to just look at the scripture. We had watched some end time videos, and then 
we go to start a Bible study, which was going to start from Genesis. This is what Irvin does in Through the Bible, the Through the Bible series. Mm-hmm. It goes from Genesis to Revelation, and he's like looking for the book of Genesis. You know, and he didn't know where that was, so he was mm-hmm. so unfamiliar. Yeah. And then, of course, you've got people that they've been going to church for years, but um, and and Irvin teaches this very well in his um, True Christianity versus False Christianity. Uh, there are some churches out there right now that, uh, I mean, they're even advocates for LGBTQ agenda. Okay, they're, they're you sound it. like you've been on this show for <laughs> <Yeah>. years. <laughs> well, I have <laughs> been around. Irvin and I believe exactly the same on yeah. these things. Yeah. I mean, uh, so, I mean, and they're in churches like that, yeah, right. you know, and uh, they need truth. And so they don't re- recognize what we know because we've studied that there's going to be, with the Antichrist, a false prophet, you right. know, which is a false religious system. Yes. And there are many many people and that was one of Irvin's driving forces is come out from among her my people mm-hmm. that great harlot church yeah. he feels like there's sincere believers mm-hmm. in these churches that are not teaching anything about the bible right. and uh end time ministries uh just takes the uh wool the the cover off people's eyes and opens their eyes to wait a minute what's going on here i better have a biblical Christianity, right. not a traditional Christianity, because a traditional Christianity won't save you, but a biblical Christianity will. Now, we do have to tell you, this is what we say when we always talk about this lesson, if you don't want to hear the truth, don't <laughs> watch it. Yeah. If you're going to get mad at us and never talk to us again, we don't we don't want you to watch it just yet. So, you know, get to know us a little bit more. But if you want to know the truth, uh, you can go to watch.endtime.com and search true versus false Christianity and find that video there. Now, it's part of a, an entire package, so there's four lessons in that package. Uh, we highly recommend starting with the first one and working your way through. Uh, but you can do that on the End of the Age Plus app. Stream at any time of the day uh, on demand. So do that at watch.endtime.com or search for End of the Age Plus in the App Store. Uh, we do want to get to the phones now. Let's go to Rachel in Missouri. Rachel, welcome to End of the Age. Rachel, are you there? Oh, we might have lost Rachel. All right, Rachel, we'll put you on hold and see if we can get uh, connected with you uh, and bring you back on. There's a break coming, so it might be after that, but we do appreciate you calling. There are open lines. You can join us at 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. So in that Plymouth uh, uh, church that you launched and also uh, specifically the New York Bible study, I know you were part of that as well, uh, kind of the details of it. I've we're coming up on a minute here. I don't know if we have enough time to get into that, but I guess what's the quick overview on that? The New York story? Yeah. Or, yeah. Well, but before we get into that, I want to say I recommend you watch Understand the End Time 1 through 14 and then the Salvation Package. I, I, I don't recommend you watch those out of order because they build on each other mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's very powerful. But the New York story, what a miracle. Um, uh, You'll have to tell it after I'll the break. We got, the we got 30 seconds before we're out of here. I, I'm not that good. I, I'm an amateur at this. Let so. me throw this in. The the church that we were just talking about in Plymouth, Michigan, Dave will be there next month. Yes. That church is is powerful and it's up and running still. Uh, I believe your, your son is the pastor there and Dave will be there for a conference 
March 19th and 20th. All right, you can learn more about that conference at endtime.com slash events. Also, we do have open lines at 877-END-TIME, so give us a call. We're talking about End Time Christianity today. We'll be right back. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high-traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. Welcome back to End of the Age. We're so glad that you have joined us. I'm here with Doug Norvell, per usual, and a special guest, Scott Sistrunk. We're so excited to have him here with us. Um, we are talking about end-time Christianity and biblical principles that you can apply to your life in the midst of all these end times. Uh, so we're opening up the phones. You can call and ask your questions. Maybe you need some encouragement. Maybe you have some uh, situations in your life that you're not really sure what to do about. Uh, we'll be happy to try to help you from a pastoral perspective. To the best of our abilities, you can join us by calling 877-END-TIME. That's 877-363-8463. We, we are going to get to the phones, but I kind of uh, asked Scott to tell a story kind of up against the break, so I don't want to leave him hanging there. There's a Bible study that started in New York that was in time, and you were kind of connected with that. So, Yeah, so uh, I, I am visiting a church planner in actually Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and Dad calls, and I I always took Dad's calls, right? So uh, I'm in Philadelphia, and he says, hey, somebody contacted me. They have a free meeting space right a block off of Times Square, and they want me to come and do an end-time conference. And uh, they think we can launch a church in New York, in Manhattan. And, of course, I'm the church planting expert, uh, right? And so he says, what can we do here? I said, oh, well, it just so happens I'm standing right beside a guy who wants to go to Manhattan and plant a church. <laughs> so I said, I think I can help you. <laughs> so, and we're, me and this uh, gentleman was like, you got to be kidding. This is not happening. You yeah. know, because, it's not like you spend time with that guy yeah, no, every no, week. No, I was there to talk to him about this vision he had. Wow. Yeah. So we immediately leave Philadelphia and get in the car and drive to this address that Dad gave us and look at it. And we're just like, really? This can't be happening. That's awesome. And uh, so particular guy I was with that day was not able to immediately move on that. He still had responsibility in Philadelphia and couldn't do it. But there was a guy in Westchester, Donnie Willis. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I contacted Donnie. He said, oh, yeah, I'll come down and, and run a Because <laughs> Dad was coming down to do an end-time conference and then set up a understanding. So Donnie came 
and uh, was at that Bible study every week. And I think they wound up baptizing like 28 people mm-hmm. out of that yeah. a Bible study. But Dave and, was flying yeah, up there. Yeah, every Dave week was going too. up there every week yeah. too, and, and Donnie was right there with him. Right off a block off of Times Square, it was just a, incredible. And so they're still meeting in Manhattan yeah. uh, today. They've got a building. I think they're up on like the uh, 16th floor somewhere, some mm-hmm. building. I was there not too long ago. Look out over New York City. <laughs> wow. it, it's incredible what yeah. God did. I, I'm still kind of blown away about it. Well, and that kind of f- further uh, proves what Irvin's heartbeat was. I mean, he's a 70-year-old guy, and he's got this opportunity to start a church in new york so what can i do to make it happen (laughs) you know nothing was ever too big no uh, breathtaking yeah manhattan i mean sure we'll start yeah no problem we'll fly up every week let's do it it. 70 year olds that didn't matter to him it was how am i going to advance the kingdom of god no matter what so uh pretty awesome and of course that's that's the really the founding uh, the foundation really of what in time Bible studies are about is helping people grow in discipleship. Uh, whether you are a scientist or you've never had a job or whatever it may be, it's taught in such a way that you can understand it and see scriptures more clearly and uh, grow in your discipleship process. So it's really awesome that we've all have been connected to it and yeah. uh, get to be part of it. Well, let's try to get back to the phones. Uh, Rachel, we've kept you on. Are you there, Rachel? Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. How are you all doing? We are well. How are you? I am blessed and highly favored. I had a quick question. Um, I do believe that I'm going to, for the end times, and my concern is the church and our voice being heard. I believe God is calling an end time gathering for the body of Christ, unity. And my question is how... How much more do we need to come together? And what would you all suggest us in doing a gathering, uh, calling more gatherings together? Because we need revival. We need revival in our cities, in our communities, even the more to stop the violence, to stop the, the evil works of the enemy. So what do you all suggest on my part as an evangelist to reach more people, if you don't mind? So, so what can we do to reach more people and gather together? Is- well, you know, the, the thing that's going to save us in the end time is a lives that are built upon the Word of God. So I'd say the first thing is make sure you're in a Bible-believing church. Uh, make sure that this is a church that is committed to doing it the way the apostles did it. Okay, Jesus prayed for us to all be one, right? But... Look, look at what he said. He, he said, I pray for these, talking about the apostles. And then he said, I pray for them that will believe on me through their word. So Jesus' prayer for Christian unity was not that we would take all of these disparate beliefs and all denominations would become one. Jesus did it. There was even no denominations when Jesus <laughs> prayed this prayer, right? right? But he prayed that the apostles and what and the church there that he was looking at they would and them that would come later that's us that we would all be one right so that the early saints the saints of the middle ages the saints of the in the last days that we would be one in what we believe based on the apostles doctrine so look make sure because jesus said you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free 
we can't forget that in the last days, uh, people are going to be damned because they receive not a love for the truth. So our unity must be based on truth. Okay. And so then we've got to get this message out to people that there is a way out of this. There is a way and it's obeying the word of God that having faith in God's word and then obeying it, being born again and continuing in the word of God, being disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for your call, Rachel. We appreciate that. Uh, if you want to learn more about being born again and what that means biblically, you can go to endtime.com slash reborn. We've got an article there and you can read that and see where you're at on that uh, biblical truth. Uh, if you don't like the digital world, you can call us. We have a brochure called What Do You Mean Born Again? You can ask that. Uh, ask for that by calling 800-END-TIME, 800-363-8463. We do have some open lines. You can call us and join us on the air right now if you have a question uh, or a comment about today's show. The number to join us there is 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. Before we get back to the phone, Scott, I wanted to ask you, um, uh, you kind of alluded to this a little bit, but as we navigate troubled times as Christians, there's there's going to be, um, you know, there's going to be tribulations that come, whether it be the great tribulation or not. We all go through troubled times. How do we navigate those troubled times as Christians? Well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about what Dad would say. You know, huh. uh, I don't think my father-in-law saw anything as a problem. Right, as long as God was with him. Some people might say uh, he's a little too idealistic, you know, but I mean, seriously, he was like David facing Goliath. Well, you come against me with your sword and shield, I've come to you in the name of the Lord, you know. And so uh, I think uh, Mom kind of worried. He got thrown into prison in Papua New Guinea one time. Yeah. Well, it kind of freaked my mother-in-law out. I mean, it was I like, can imagine. What well, he's <laughs> but, talking about some of the stuff you're talking yes, about. Exactly. And so, <laughs> Good thing you're in Texas, yeah, not yeah, Michigan. That's right. <laughs> and so uh, she was concerned about it. We were concerned about it, yep. but he never was concerned about it. Now, that doesn't mean we don't have problems. We have tribulation. It will come. But the grace of God will keep us. We shouldn't. My father-in-law's message was never one to scare people to to serve God. He never mm-hmm. used end-time prophecy to create a sense of anxiety in anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, matter of fact, these things are coming, but God is in control. Jesus right. is going to win the victory. Uh, no matter what happens, just as he kept the children of Israel through all the plagues, he's going to keep us, okay? Uh, he's coming back on a white horse, He's going to defeat the armies of the Antichrist. And we have to keep that in mind. No matter what we're going through, all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. That was one of my father-in-law's favorite scriptures. He navigated his life. No matter what's happening, God's going to work this for my good. Yep. And didn't just say it, but really believed it. You know, sometimes I say it like trembling. Oh, oh, you know, all things work together for good. I got to remind myself that, you know, I, I wish I could be. I've told people, I said at this funeral, I'm not as good a Christian as my father-in-law. I mean, I'm just not. Okay, I'm trying to be a, a better Christian. I'm not as good a Christian as Urban Baxter. Uh, but he, emotionally, he felt it, you yeah. know. I'm not going to worry about this you know, because 
all things work together for good. And I think we all need to uh, to get to that place and, and know God does not want us to feel anxious. He said, in everything, give thanks. He didn't say give thanks for everything, but in everything, give thanks. Uh, and I, I'm so proud of End Time Ministries because I, you guys were dealt an incredible blow. I never will forget the day uh, that Dad died. Dave called me and was obviously emotional. And I said, Dave, you got to be on the radio. He said, I know. I think Brother Hargrove had told me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what Dad would have wanted us to do is, you know what? God's got this in control. We don't know why God took him, but we know it was God's will. Mm-hmm. And we know that God didn't make a mistake. Right. And so we're to keep going. And there's going to be pressures come. There's going to be tribulation in this world. I think that's where uh, we make a mistake. You know, I always used to say this to new believers, which that's what I always was doing is bringing new believers into the kingdom. I say, Listen, just because you're baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, it doesn't mean every day Sunday, every month's the month of May, you know, every meal's a picnic. No, right. you're still going to have a flat tire on the side of the road in the rain. Yeah. You know, things are still going to happen. Yeah. But we have a peace knowing none of this is going to overwhelm me. Uh, I My future is secured. I'm going to be with Jesus. Jesus is watching over me. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Yeah. And we have to have that peace. You're not going to understand everything that happens to you. You're not going to have an explanation for every bad thing. But you do know God is in control of my life. And that's what you've got to... That's, that's the Word of God. And so yeah. you have to believe the Word of God. Amen. Amen. All right, let's go to Joe. Joe, you have about 30 seconds, much less than your normal allotted time. But we wanted to get you on. <laughs> Welcome to End of the Age, Joe. God bless you. I wanted to thank you, Doug, for your phone call the other day. It's a difficult time when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death it leads me just to draw closer to Messiah Jesus. I've been doing it for 44 years, and I just wanted to make this statement to other brothers and sisters. There are times we can get stuck with our head knowledge. I've met people that know the Bible that don't know the Lord Jesus. It's all going to be summed up in Messiah Jesus. What we see taking place upon the United States of America right now, the only hope is constant prayer, but the Lord Jesus is going to do it. It's not going to be the efforts of man. Joe, I've got to cut you off. I appreciate your call. It's been a delight to have Scott Sistrunk with us today. We'll be back tomorrow for Open Line and a Prophecy Update. So be back here at 3 p.m. Central Time. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463, or visit us online at endtime.com.